Hey guys, Tom Laird, voice of advice from a call center geek, CEO at Expedia. Hey, the podcast is brought to you by Expedia Interaction Marketing. We are a 600-seat call center outsourcer. I would love to talk to any of you looking to outsource any of your customer support or your sales functions, looking for political calling or, or just some extra overflow during the holiday season. If you are looking for any type of USA outsourcing support, hit me up. You guys know my LinkedIn. I'd love to talk. This is Advice from a Call Center Geek, a weekly podcast with a focus on all things call center. We'll cover it all from call center operations, hiring, culture, technology, and education. We're here to give you actionable items to improve the quality of yours and your customers' experience. This is an evolving industry with creative minds and ambitious people like this guy. Not only is his passion call center operations, but he's our host. He's the CEO of Expedia Interaction Marketing Group and the call center geek himself, Tom Laird. Welcome back, everybody, to another episode of Advice from a Call Center Geek, the Call Center Contact Center podcast, where we try to give you some actionable items to take back in your contact center, improve the overall quality, improve the agent experience, hopefully improve your customer experience as well. My name is Tom Laird. I am the CEO here at Expedia Interaction Marketing with one of my great contact center friends, John Coulter. John, how you doing, buddy? Great. Appreciate uh, you taking some time for me this morning. So John is basically the, he's a, he's a, a VP at Five Star Contact Centers. And John, please correct me if I'm wrong. Basically in charge of of all the sales operations that, that you guys do at Five Star and kind of the beginning of onboarding. Is that, is that kind of, am I giving you enough credit or not really? Oh, too much credit probably, right? Um, and no, I do everything from uh, sales marketing, onboarding, and then I kind of run in the background of all of our clients just from a strategy, um, new implementation technology side. John and I just literally had a, I don't know, an hour long talk um, kind of on the state of, of not only the BPO space, but I think the contact center space in general, um, nearshoring, offshoring technology and just kind of said, Hey, let's just, you know, let's hop on here. This is kind of an impromptu podcast, but I think these really become the best and, and talk about some of those topics that we just discussed that was really helpful to me and hopefully to you too, but I think it maybe be some, have some help for, for everybody. Let me start with something that you said that I thought was awesome. Um, and then I know there's some other topics we want to get to here too. You talked about in, in the BPO and in the outsourcing world that you see 2024 as kind of the year of the near shore. And you said 2025 is the year of kind of AI and automation. Can you just, I don't know, just maybe talk and let's, let's talk and discuss that a little bit. Cause I thought that was, it made total sense to me. Maybe you can just talk a little bit more on that. Yeah. You know, I think where we're headed is there's lots of cool tools out there. Lots of great technology. Um, adoption is starting to come around, but use and understanding how to use it is a whole nother level. So I think, the time it's going to take companies to start digesting, learning, and augmenting that technology in the call center is going to take some time for them to learn and understand that. So that's one piece of it. The second piece is, you know, as cost almost every one of our partners, um, most groups we talk with, 2024 is a big budget. You know, hey, can you reduce my customer service budget by 10%? I need to reduce my um, technical spend by 10%. So as businesses are looking for reduction in costs, um, Nearshore has been a great play. Um, you know, we have moved, migrated about three clients uh, Nearshore in the last six months, um, really more 
of a blended rate. So they've got, you know, maybe tier one or offline support nearshore. And then they've got some of their more complex uh, within the U.S. Uh, what's nice in that model is um, allows us to learn it, use our technology. And then over the next 60, 90 days, we can start augmenting and or running analytics and then diving into um, ultimately the self-help tools and some of the automation that companies are looking for. John, the other, I think, cool, and, and I think that that makes sense. You know, we, we see so many, and I, we kind of talked about this too, right? We see so many companies that are purchasing technology and they say, hey, we have this technology, but nobody knows how to use it. Um, and I think so many newer tools are coming out now that, you know, from a BPO standpoint, we have to almost become the, the experts, right? To, to kind of help customers with those tools. So that's a lead into my next question. And a lot of the tools that are out there that, that people are talking about, they're talking about auto summarization from an AI standpoint. We're talking about agent assist, right? We're talking about like IVAs and, and LLM chatbots and kind of um, uh, getting into this AI world. I have had strong opinions on a lot of this, and it's, and it's really cool to, to talk to somebody else that is dealing with this stuff every single day, too. We talk about different use cases, and, and I just did a couple of videos on like, what is the real ROI on some of this AI stuff? Without me, like poisoning your 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 mind can you talk about again two of those main things that we that everybody talks about now which is agent assist and auto summary what are they good for what are they not good for like like it's not just like hey we got to have this stuff but when is the proper use for both of those kind of things yeah agent assist is a interesting one you know if in a uh, chat and email standpoint a chat for example i love the agent assist where it can pop specific phrases for the agent. So it's literally a copy drag versus typing, right? I think that makes great use case. I think that makes sense from a, you know, conversation of voice standpoint. Uh, we haven't seen it really ROI for our clients, mainly because our agents are trained. They know our, our you know, our, our partners, our clients uh, information. Um, so that's really where we haven't seen a huge ROI. Um on the agent assist, but you know, the auto summarization has come a long way from an accuracy standpoint. So we do really like that. You know, our clients that are on Salesforce or Zendesk, uh, we're able to absorb those calls. Ultimately they note, you know, the key, key messages within the conversation agent can just scan it and submit it and it's done. Um, that has definitely been a big, uh, big win for us. We do a lot of technical support, so you got to document, you know, here are all the troubleshooting steps we went through. Yep. But just having that tool do that for the agent has been a huge time saver because then our agent's not worried about typing. All they got to do is worry about, you know, solving the issue. And then the auto summarization takes care of that. One of the things, too, that I think it will be becoming an industry, not just in the BPO space, but in the contact center space overall, a, a topic that a lot of us are struggling with is, is do we build some of this stuff internally? Do we go purchase these, these tools? You know, you and I have had so many conversations at so many shows about you know, everything right now is so vendor led, right? Everybody kind of jams this stuff down your throat. Like, Hey, you got to have this, this is, but, but I'm like, I don't really want that. Or maybe I could do that ourselves. Um, especially when you start to see all of these companies just popping up doing this stuff. What are your thoughts on, you know, when you talk to a customer or, if you want to do something right for a customer, like you purchase that technology, can you build it in house? What are some of the thoughts that you guys have with that? Yeah. You know, a lot of, 
one of the things you said earlier that I always, uh, we always kind of remind ourselves is don't chase technology, right? It's always going to be changing. There's always going to be new companies. And if you're always looking for the next greatest thing, you're just going to continuously be looking for new technology to adapt. And you're never going to be an expert. You're just going to know a little about a lot. So we've really challenged our team to really focus in on the technology we use and let's use it to its full extent. Same thing when we onboard our clients, you know, we look at their current tech stack. Can it do, virtually ask, what are your five main things? What do you want to accomplish with your technology? And then we'll dissect whether that technology has that capability or not. And if it doesn't, they could, you know, go on our technology and we can help them. Or if they have it internally, um, we've got resources we can refer them to, or we've got a pretty good team that can help build that stuff internally. So really just depends on what their current current use is and what they ought to, ultimately want to accomplish here here's a i guess a question and a conversation started to that there's no answer to i mean well there's no like this is the answer it's more of a discussion i mean we are not struggling but thinking through i think that's probably the better way of of all of these different tools right and 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 what ai tools really have the most bang for the buck from a client standpoint what do clients really want i mean there it's almost a lot of clients are like that that eight year old child that says, "I want that, and I want this, and I want that." When they because they they saw the ads on TikTok, right? And 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 it's kind of like the same concept. It was like, "Hey, we need this, we need this, we need this." But coming up with that, all right, guys, what are, what's our main goal here? What's the plan? What are the five things that we want to accomplish? And I think we're starting to see some of those things, you know, reoccurring, like like with some of the technologies. But what do you guys do as you're trying to learn, right? Because again, I think as a BPO, we really do have to become more experts in certain pieces of the technology to help roadmap our customers or clients that maybe are internal that don't really have that expertise um, in the CX space. What are some of the things that you guys are doing and kind of to learn, I guess, about what's real, what's not real? Yeah, you know, what's nice uh, in our world is we've got, you know, 45 clients and we're able to kind of see um, half of those clients, we provide the technology for half bring in their own technology. So it's kind of fun to be able to see what's working in one industry uh, that applies to another industry. You know, everyone's talking about analytics and AI and how does it you know help my business? And that's like the new flashy term is AI, which I think there's great reporting. I think there's great use uh, internally for that information. You know, ultimately, what we've seen the most of is, again, it comes back to how can you help reduce our expenses, right? So we've really focused on self-help options and identifying how to identify those. So really tools that allow you to analyze your data is really what we've focused a lot of our efforts on. You know, we take thousands of calls and emails and chats and uh, a lot of social media out there. But what what are people really saying that can be automated or provide guidance versus getting to a live agent has really been our focus um, as we've researched technology. I think more people need, there, there needs to be more, a more voice in the BPO space. I love BPO, right? Cause to your point, we're dealing with healthcare, retail, tech support. Um, we're dealing with all these different channels of, of customer types, which have nuance on top of that, we're not just utilizing the the our kind of core set technology stack, but you know, if a client has five nine, they have UJet, they have Genesis, they have CX one, they have all of these that we're utilizing as well. So not only do we see different channels of customers, but then on top of we see all of the technology, and I think that's 
another we probably don't talk about it enough as another huge use case or or kind of value add for for a really good BPO of like guys we've seen that we've done that that doesn't work I saw this with this customer which is which is something pretty cool speaking of that going into this which is a great lead and I think is you and I kind of talked about a different model that that could happen for in the BPO space especially here as as kind of technology is evolving everybody's doing things a little bit differently we always had this the either you love it or hate it this champion challenger type model right where you know maybe somebody had 400 seats and and you know they the the, the client wants to go give 50 seats or 100 seats to another one and see how they work and, and play them off each other and I, I think there is value to that to a certain extent but you brought up something really cool and I think something that we can evolve upon and with all this new technology something I think makes a little bit more sense which is the the champion versus champion type model. Talk a little bit about that because I thought it was pretty fascinating and I think it makes a lot of sense and something that I know that you and I are going to really kind of look into as well. Ultimately, the end goal is to make 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 the world a better place, right? As we want to say, or our clients' lives easier. Where if you're pitting two groups against each other, it's always going to be who's better, right? Who's trying to win? Who can win the most? The model we like is a champion-champion model. So we have a, a few partners that do more of the champion challenger we do have a couple that do the champion champion. What's great in that scenario is it's more collaborative. We're on one tech stack. We're able to analyze all data. All of our agents are stack ranked, uh, inter- intermingled. So you're able to see who's performing well, who's, who's struggling, but ultimately share best practices and learn from each other versus you know, trying to maybe figure out a way to cut a corner to make your results look better. Um, you know, our job is to figure out how to make, you know, provide a better customer experience and if you got two BPOs working side by side, you know, sharing what they're hearing, what they're seeing, what they're doing differently, what we can we do to be better as a whole? Uh, there's a lot of advantages to that. And I think you know we need to get to. I know Sam. We've talked. I've talked to Sam Folletta, who's another uh, CEO of a BPO in, in Cleveland, and, and trying to get. And as, if anybody's listening to this too, in the in kind of the BPO world, to, to even get a. There's no real kind of leadership. I don't want to say mentor groups, but. I think some of this with such changing technologies where there's so many of us that are friends in the space, right? Do we compete? Yeah, of course we do. But I think that there, there's enough business out there that if we can kind of evolve and, and kind of help each other, um, I think everybody wins from, from, you know, our companies to, to, to the clients that we, that we service for sure. So John, it's always a pleasure talking to you, man. We always have a, have a pretty good time at, uh, at the different shows, but I think, you know, bouncing stuff off you and, and kind of your, your CEO, Troy, um, you know, at the last show that we were at, I think both of us got a lot of stuff out of there. I got a lot of uh, certain uh, things from our contracts, from you guys. And, you know, hopefully from a technology standpoint, there were some things that went back and forth with us. So um, I appreciate you, uh, you joining and I will see what, uh, what 2024 has to, has entailed here, buddy. Awesome. You and I will make some predictions and we'll do this again in a year see who's more who was spot on and who missed i like it and then hey if anybody some of the shows that you're going to want you can you throw those out and then uh i know everybody can find you on linkedin and um and any kind of socials that you want to give out yeah enterprise connect is a great one i think it's march this year in orlando i think that's a great show from a technology a lot of big you know enterprise type software providers are there really showcasing what's 2024 hold for them and beyond um great show um, always a fun time. We'll be at, uh, you know, the call and contact center expo 
in June and then again in October in Nashville. And then AWS is a big one for us as well with so many clients kind of migrating to that. So where is Colin Contact Center Expo the first one? Is that Vegas? Las Vegas. Yep. Okay. And last year we did a cabana party. Maybe we'll do another one this year. Um, (laughs) Super fun just to connect with people in a more relaxed environment. Sounds good, buddy. Thanks for uh, thanks for coming on. We'll talk again. Awesome. Uh, thanks, Tom. All right, John. Bye.